Well, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, how about those Spurs? Any, any Spurs fans in here? Yeah, come on, right? Man, I, I praise God for championships, right? Do you know we're a part of a championship team? Do you know that? And if you're not a part of the, the team, you get to be a part of the team today, amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to talk about team. Does that sound good? What it means to be a part of the team? How many guys play sports? How many guys play any other games besides sports? Come on. Some of those board games get competitive, right? Come on, right? Well, I want to say this. What does it take to be a part of a successful team? Think about that. What does it take to be a part of a successful team? How many guys remember practicing with those sports, getting up at 7 a.m. in the morning or 6 a.m. in the morning and have to run and, and lift weights and all those? Any, any of you guys remember those days? Any, any of you guys got sick and throw up or anything? Right? That wasn't fun. But what happened when you stuck with it? Over the season, your body became stronger, right? And you're like, ah, oh, that's no big deal. But what happened when game time started in the later of the season? You're pumped up, ready to play, right? First couple of games, rough. Sometimes it takes some training. So uh, we all need to be prepared with our training. But uh, we all like to win. But oh, how sweet it is when our team is like-minded and selfless, playing as a single unit, working together for the team's benefit. Any of you guys been a part of a team that's like a family? Isn't it awesome? It's like... Hey, I don't have to stress. But what happens when everything's falling apart and you feel like you're the holding the team together? Stress, frustration. You get mad. Maybe you say some stuff that you shouldn't say. But when the team's working together, those gears are rolling and you're ready to conquer the world, aren't you? Right? There's nothing like it. After a championship, <clears throat> let's see. After the championship game this year, the players of San Antonio Spurs kept responding humbly, stating that this is one of the sweetest victories yet because of the amazing team we have. Everyone knows their role, and we play as a team. That's good. Now, the media was giving hype to LeBron James and, and Wade and all these guys. I mean, their, their salaries on the Heat were like $30 million over the top three on the Spurs. Isn't that crazy? See, sometimes we exalt players. We exalt people. Sometimes we can exalt our pastor, right? He's just a part of the team. Amen? But we all play a role. We all play a func function. But the question is, are you really playing? Are you really playing? Maybe you're sitting on the bench right now, but are you really part of the team? Randy shared last week about a football player that, do y'all remember that story about the football player, the kid that never got in the game and his father was at every game and all of a sudden his father passed away and then they were getting beat and all of a sudden that guy was ready to step into his position and the team started winning because that player was prepared, ready to go. He wasn't whining. He wasn't complaining. He knew what it took to be a part of a team. See, there's a season for everything. 
What season are you in? Are you on the bench right now? Anticipating, getting ready to get back in the game. Are you lethargic? You know what I'm talking about? Are you complaining and grumbling on the bench? Are you cheering your team on? Let's go, team. Come on. Pick it up. Let's go. Well, hopefully by the end of the day, you'll be that encourager. Amen? A successful team is focused on a common goal or mission and works together to achieve that goal. What's your mission? What's your goal? We say we're a part of the body of Christ, so what's the mission? What's the goal? Is it about me? Or is it about the team? What's it about? Michael Jordan said this, Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. We're part of a championship team. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stated, one man can be a, a crucial ingredient on a, a ingredient on a team, but one man cannot make a team. We're the body. It takes us all. We get different gifts, different ways of looking at things. We have to see clearly the kingdom. We have to see the goal and the mission at hand. Have you lost the mission? Has your focus been distracted from the true goal that we're reaching for as, the, as a body of believers? Every one of us has the potential to be a part and be a productive player for the championship team. Amen? And it's called Team Kingdom. Can you say Team Kingdom? You want to be a part of the kingdom, right? Amen. Okay, being on this team, here's the key. You must trust. The T and team, right? You must trust. Wait a minute, I don't know about that. I, I, that guy always missed that shot. I don't know if I can trust him. Or that person doesn't show up on time, so I can't really trust that person, right? So we have to build a level of trust. But it's, it's, it's not your uh, job to get somebody else to do their job right. It's your job to encourage them, but it's your job to take care of your role. Does that make sense? So trust to put one's confidence in or to yield to. We got to put our confidence in something. Are you putting your confidence in man? Are you putting your confidence in the ultimate coach? He's our coach. Pastor Harold is in our coach. Come on. Pastor Harold is not our coach. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he says, I will teach you. I will show you all things. Amen? So that's where we place our trust. Here's the benefits of trusting. There's some benefits. How many of you guys like benefits? Amen? Come on. One, joy. Say joy. Psalms 33, 21, for our hearts shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Two, deliverance. Say deliverance. 
Psalms 22, 4 through 5, our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. Three, triumph. Say triumph. Psalms 25, 2. Oh my Father, or, oh, oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. <clears throat> Let not my enemies triumph over me. See, when you trust, you position yourself to receive. You receive. We talked about the first three. Joy, deliverance, triumph. But when you receive, you also position yourself to give. Isn't it nice to get something when it feels like a blessing? Right? Out of the overflow, out of joy, out of excitement, out of love. Psalms 25, 4 through 5, it says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. See, we have to trust. It's hard sometimes to trust, isn't it? Guys, when I get up here to share, you're not trusting me. Do you have misplaced trust? And your leader, employee, or whatever it is, you have to trust the Almighty God. He says, trust in your heart. Trust in your heart. Trust. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't look to that man or that woman. Right? We're going to let you down. Trust in the Almighty. Four, God's goodness. You're going to receive some goodness. Psalms 31, 19 says, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. Mercy, say mercy. Psalms 32, 10. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Provision, say provision. provision. Psalms 37, 3 through 7. Trust in the Lord and do good. And this is actually one of my favorite verses. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. There's a lot in that passage right there. There's, there's kind of four or five things that I kind of focus on as I read that passage. First of all, it says trust. Trust in who? The Lord, right? And then it says dwell. How many guys have complained San Angelo's horrible? Come on, let's be honest. I got to get out of here. San Angelo's hor- horrible. What does it say? What does the scripture says? It say, it says dwell in the land. You're in San Angelo, Texas. Quit whining and complaining. Dwell in the land. You're disobedient to the Lord. You got to dwell where you are. That's where the favor of God comes when you appreciate the blessings that you have. Repent of your whining and complaining today. And feed on his faithfulness. 
If you're dry and weary in this land called San Angelo, Texas, you need to feed on His faithfulness. He will provide. And it says, delight yourself also in the Lord. Have you delighted in the Lord? I mean, have you just delighted? Lord, you are good. The joy and the peace. And are you just focused on, oh, my job is horrible, man. I can't. Oh, man, I can't wait to go back to sleep. I'm just aching and in pain. Are you, Lord, I delight in your comfort. I delight that you give me peace in the storm. See, being a part of a team is not thinking the way you used to think. You have to make some changes to be a part of a team. There's a playbook. If you want to do your own play, guess what? It's going to cause the team to collide and cause friction and tension. But our playbook is not man's playbook. Our playbook is the Word of God. Do you know the play? Do you know the play? There's different plays, guys. There's a play for every attack of the opponent. Do you know what? Are you running the wrong play right now? Are you listening to your coach? Are you trying to do your own thing? Are you listening to the play that he has for you? It's called the Word of God. And then it says, Commit your way to the Lord. We have to make a commitment. We have to commit to the right things, not to those thoughts that distract and bring pain. And then once you do all those things, guess what? It says, chill, rest in the Lord, and wait patiently. Now, you know, you may be saying, hey, I just don't have any patience. How many guys have said that? I don't have any patience. You're a liar. <laughs> if, you, if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you have patience. You're just not accessing it. You're believing the lie of the enemy because he says, hey, I got this fruit and it's called the fruit of the spirit. And if you have the spirit inside of you, you better exercise it. Okay? It's patience. It's the fruit of the spirit. Quit lying. Okay? (laughs) Amen. The next one. Blessedness. You receive blessedness. Psalms 44, it says, Blessed is, the, is that man who makes the Lord his trust. How many of you guys like to be blessed? The next one, say safety. Psalms 56, 3, 4. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? He brings safety when you trust him. Youthfulness or usefulness. Say usefulness. Psalm 73, 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all your works. You find purpose. That I may declare all your works. Guidance. 
Say guidance. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, when we probably heard this a thousand times, but it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Inheritance. Say inheritance. Isaiah 57, 13, But he who trusts or, or puts his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. There's a lot of things in trust. Man, that is good. That's the longest one. T, T and team, right? Trust. We have to trust our teammates sometimes. Praise God, I'm at a place that I can trust these guys now. <laughs> before I get before I got sick, I, I felt like I had to do everything. But I trust these guys. That's what I said at practice. I trust you guys. Go with it. It's a beautiful place to be at. You don't have to control everything. You have to trust. Who's going to get that person saved in your family? Trust. The Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And right now, the Holy Spirit's moving in your heart. And I want you to listen to that Holy Spirit because He's drawing you right now. It's Him that's drawing you. It's not man. It's the Holy Spirit. We have to trust that. Okay. Second one in team is encourager. Say encourager. How many of you guys are at encourager? As long as everything's good, I'm an encourager, right? I encourage my husband a lot. <laughs> is it a positive thing? <laughs> so an, we must be an encourager. And an encourager is a seer. Say seer. And can help remove fear and inspire others to see greater things. Mm, that's good. An encourager brings hope. Elisha is an example of an encourager. This is a cool passage. In 2 Kings 6, 15 through 17. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, wait a minute. His servant came, and he's stressed out. Oh, my goodness. There's about this big, huge battle, and we have all these people against us. And the leader said, wait. You're not really seeing what's going on. And he says this. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. That's my prayer right now. Lord, open our eyes that we may see. 
You know what he's talking about seeing? In the spiritual realm. Now check this out. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Woo! Would that not pump you up? All of a sudden, I'm fearful, I'm scared, and all of a sudden you see these chariots of fires and horses everywhere? Come on! His eyes were open. See, the leader saw it, but the servant didn't. Lord, open our eyes that we may see. Because He has an army of angels. Warring, guardian angels, battling even as we speak. Open our eyes that we may see because when we see, fear has to go. That's what was dealt with here. Fear. Fear has to go when the Lord opens our eyes. If they're not open this morning and you're battling fear, Lord, open my eyes. Spiritual eyes. Amen? Number three, you must have the right attitude. You have to have the right attitude. If you have the wrong attitude, it's not going to help the team. What does a bad attitude do? It destroys a team, doesn't it? If you're being critical, what happens? What happens? What happens if you're critical? You have to have the right attitude. Here's a quote for you guys. This is Greg Popovich. This is what he said. It's the coach's job to make judgments and be critical about players. Let me read it again. It's the coach's job to make judgments and be critical about players. It's his job to correct us. But you know what his correction does? It encourages. It lifts us up. That's the coach. You're not going to get defensive when he corrects you. (laughs) Because you're going to know his presence. You're going to know the way he approaches us is in so much love and mercy and grace. Now, the enemy may condemn you, right? But he, he calls us, we're right standing with him, right? He calls us out in our righteousness. So you must have the right attitude, and that's the state of mind towards something. What's your state of mind towards whatever it is this morning? Is it negative or is it positive? <clears throat> I will say this from my experience. I believe because I had a positive attitude going through cancer, I got healed a lot quicker. Because I walked the halls in those hospitals and I saw people laying in their beds that would never get out because they were depressed and bound up. Have a positive attitude. Never give up. Never give up. At least there's something about sports, man. When your coach says, don't give up, don't quit, you can do it. 
Push it harder. You're slacking behind. What happens? He believes in me. I can do it. Never give up. Don't quit. So the right attitude, and I'm going to go through this fast, but you can write this down and go back and look at it. Romans 12, 1 through 21. A lot of scripture. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies that God, uh, of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, act, uh, reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what that, is, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. Renewing of your mind. Attitude. And here's how uh, come in with the attitude. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Arbor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to the hospitality. Bless those who curse you or, or persecute you, sorry. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. But rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heat coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You think that's having the right attitude? So we have to transform our mind. Some things don't make sense. But this is what he says for us to do. Live differently. Are you listening to the coach? This is his playbook. This is his playbook. And I know I'm sharing a lot of scripture today, but it's up there for you to write down. Or you can go back and listen to it. But these are great scriptures to recognize your role as a team member. You're part of a team. You're not alone. You may feel alone because you're not engaging in the the way God has designed you to engage to be a part of the team. You're running solo. 
You're running the wrong play. He wants you to be a part of the right play. Attitude. And the last thing is you must be a member of the team. Now, some of you guys aren't a member of the team, so you don't even have the playbook. You haven't fully committed. You're, you're working for the other team. You have to become a member of the team. Being a member means to be part of a greater whole. Say, I'm a part of a greater whole. As a member, you are part of the kingdom. Team kingdom. You're part of it. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Man, are you feeling condemned this morning as I'm preaching? It's not of the Lord. Let's read that. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He wants to save you today. He wants you to be a part of the member. He wants you to be a player on the team. That's a beautiful picture, amen? He, John 3, 36, it says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abides on him. That's a tough one right there, isn't it? He who believes in the Son has every life and life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Now, last week, um, I was here, and I was leaving the church, and it was late, and I got to talk to a, 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 a satanic guy. And he, he flat out said, hey, I've given my life to Satan. And uh, I began to talk to him and speak into his life. And, and he took his necklace off that had the star on there. And he threw it down. And you could see that tug of war going on. You see the Holy Spirit moving. And it was like he was about to let go. And he was about to like, he came to me. He said, I just want to be loved just want to be loved so he threw his necklace down and you could see him starting to receive and then all of a sudden this lie pops up in his mind I don't want to let him down I don't want to disappoint him who am I talking about Satan that's been his master I don't want to let him down and then I went in and got Basil, went, got him some cold water. I just read a scripture on cold water. So the Holy Spirit's working on this guy. He's going to get set free. And Basil shared some things with him, but he didn't want to let go. See, I'm going to ask you to let go of some things this morning. What's holding you back from be becoming a member of the team? Not just you want to show up at practice 
See, here's a, here's a question. See, I can be a Spurs fan, but I'm really not a member of the team. Think about that. I'm a Spurs fan, but I'm not a member of the team, so I don't get to enjoy the benefits of that team. Are you a fan today? Are you a member of the team? So what's the mission of our team? What's the mission of our team? It's the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and, the Ho- and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. Amen. Do you have the right mission? See, a lot of times, God, what can you do for me? God, I just, uh, the music doesn't sound right. Or, or they're not speaking the way that I want to speak. They're speaking in Spanish or another language or whatever. They're doing this or doing that. Man, I just don't feel good. I feel uncomfortable right now. What's the mission you're focusing on? Me, myself, and I? Me? That's not the kingdom. He tells us what our mission is. Let's get back in the game. Let's get refocused. See, last year the Spurs lost in the seventh game, right? But guess what? When that season was over, they focused. Can't change that. And, and, and some of the commentators were asking, or the interviewers were asking them, well, do y'all regret about last year getting to the last game in the finals and losing? I said, no, not really. We don't even think about that. We had a mission this year. We wanted to get back to that championship game. And we were better for it. Are you better for the struggle that you've gone through? Are you better for the defeats that you've gone through? Get focused. Get back in the game. See, when you become a part of a team, you are chosen to come under the authority of the coach. Our coach is God, and He has given us His Spirit to teach and guide us in all things. Amen. See, our coach says these things. Well, actually, this was a basketball. Any of you guys know Bob Hurley? Charles probably does. No. <laughs> uh, but he has 25 championships. That's crazy. And this is one of his quotes. I think everyone can be better than they think they can be, and I don't let them dictate that. I dictate that. Let me read it again. I think everyone can be better than they think they can be, and I don't dict- let them dictate that. I dictate that. See, God's like that. He says, you're better. I paid the price for you. Let me lead you. 
Here's some other quotes. Maybe right now you're being a part of the team, but you need some encouragement. You need to be lifted up. John Wooden said, the UCLA basketball coach, do not let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. Do not let what you cannot or do not let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. John Wooden also said this, talent is God-given. Be humble. Fame is man-given. Be grateful. Conceit is self-given. Be careful. Vince Lombardi said, it's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get up. Dean Smith, U.S. Olympic basketball coach, said, <clears throat> what do you do with a mistake? Recognize it, admit it, learn from it, forget it. Man, we need to learn from some coaches, don't we? Mike Dicta, Dick, Dicka said, you're never a loser until you quit trying. Jerry West from the Lakers, you can't get much done in life if you only work on the days when you feel good. Come on, let's be honest. This morning, you might not feel good to come to church. You're here. You decided to get out of bed and come. Alex, would you go? Is Alex around or Jody? Go ahead and get those guys up here. Isn't God a good coach? <clears throat> so team, we need to trust. We need to be encouragers. We need to have the right attitude. And we need to be a member of a team. Amen. Now, I, I want to kind of do an open, I just want you to close your eyes right now. And I do want the ministry team to go ahead and come up here and stand up here. <clears throat> now, Lord, we thank you that we're a part of a team. And Lord, help us to really see the vision of this team we call Team Kingdom. Father, fill us renewed vision, renewed knowledge of who you are and what your role is in our life, but what our role is on the team. And I want to ask you guys this question with your heads bowed right now. I want, I want you to be real. Not because Jeff's saying it, because the Holy Spirit's working on your heart. How are you contributing to the team? Ask this question. Be real. How are you contributing to the team? Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about you comparing to somebody else because you think their Christianity is more powerful or better than what you're doing or the way that they're living their life is... This man, I want to do that, or I need to. 
No, what are you contributing? What is your part and your role in what God's given you? How are you contributing to the team? If there's something that the Lord would say that I want you to to step, I want you to begin to play. I want you just to come forward and, and, and let the ministry team minister for you. Maybe you need to lay it down. I don't know. Maybe you need some prayer for healing. Okay? Maybe you've been letting your physical hindrances hinder you from being a part of the team. And it's discouraged you and you just let it down. I, I, I want you to come up here and pray with Wes. Okay? For physical healing. Emotional healing. Maybe that emotional baggage and that pain. I, I want you to come up here and, and, and pray with Basil or Blenda. There's a... You just need to let that go. It's, it's hindering you from contributing to the team. Maybe you're really not a member of the team because you haven't completely been able to trust. But today you've, you've seen the light. Like, God, I want to trust you. I want to trust you. You come up and give your life to the Lord. So as Jody just continues to play, just come. Don't be, don't be scared. Go ahead and come forward. Anybody? Anybody be the first to come forward? No, we are a team. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're coaching us today and you're moving in our heart, Lord, and we just invite your presence any distractions any opposition of the enemy is broken in the name of Jesus say player get up get up get back in the game you can do it just lay down your right what you think how things should be Say, Lord, I want what you have for me. I want what you have for me. championship team now. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world 
impossible for you. Nothing is impossible, and nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in your hand. I believe, and I believe you're my healer, and I believe. part of the team right now is just to pray and intercede. Maybe you've got everything straight with God and you're ready, you're in the game. And just intercede for those around you. The Lord's putting somebody on or something on your heart. You know, this may sound silly, but we've the other day we put up one of those fly trips outside it's real sticky like majorly sticky a tube out our front porch to catch flies because we had flies real bad and my wife had this impression that she shouldn't put that up that I shouldn't put it up (laughs) because we have a little bird's nest right under our eaves I think they're little sparrows I believe and she had that impression, like, man, I shouldn't put it up. Well, guess what? The next morning, what happened? One of those little sparrows was trapped in that fly trap, trying to get away. And it may have seemed silly, but there was an impression. Sometimes we have these impressions that are from the Lord, and we think, ah, oh, it's just a fly trap. But that little bird got caught, and it was struggling. Its wings got all wrapped up, and But you know what? What my wife did, she took it down and she cleaned it and she tried several different things to pull it and it took probably 30, 45 minutes to get it away from the trap. But she had to get some goo gone to get it off the bird. And the bird was just so tired and she was just holding it in her hand. And she goes, I finally got it cleaned. And the bird was just shaking and real cold. He goes, cold. can we just somehow get it back in the nest? And she got up and she lifted it up. She kind of wiggled it back in the nest. And it just sat there, kind of face first with its honey up. <laughs> it's like, is it going to live? Is, this, is it going to make it? And after a couple of hours, the bird kind of perked up a little bit. bit guess what? That bird lived. See, that's what God does with us. He gets us out of the trap. 
out of the junk and cleanses, cleanses us. He may just be cleansing you for the first time this morning and you're still cold and you're, you're not able to move. You're out of breath. Just give it a little time. You're going to get your energy. You're going to get your strength back. And you're going to be able to fly again. See that mama had baby birds. So because she got some healing, she got set free, guess what's going to happen? Those birds are going to be able to fly. Those birds are going to be able to eat. So Lord, I thank you this morning that you take us up, you wrap us in your wings, and you cleanse us off, and you train us. You're the ultimate coach, and I thank you that we're a part of a team. We yield to your authority. We submit to your authority and resist the enemy and he has to flee. So we thank you for this morning. Just sing sing something. Just sing. Sing a chorus. While we're waiting for, we got a few more minutes. Can we just stand? Can y'all stand up? Can we stand up? I know y'all are ready. Yeah. Well, next service is going to be a total different service. Ron's going to be speaking. Guess what? We have a team. So if you want to stay, I invite you to stay for that. But can we just sing, sing this?